Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Joe Cook. Today I'm joined by Justin Wells for our weekly Thursday a.m., mid-morning, mid-afternoon, something like that chat. Thank you for watching On Texas Football. Be, make sure you like this video and subscribe to our channel. Also, make sure you check out Inside Texas. we still got our great promo going on. Uh, you can get access up until the start of the regular season when the Horns take on the Rice Owls. Uh, basically a day before for just 30 bucks. A normal year is 99 bucks, uh, so a great deal. You'll get spring football and drills, recruiting official visits in the spring and summer, uh, summer workouts, preseason workouts, of course, realignment's a hot topic. Uh, you'll get all that for a great price, uh, not just football, not just football recruiting, but the best basketball and baseball coverage as well, in addition to everything. No other place to go. Today, we will be talking about the NFL Combine uh, after sending just a kicker and a uh, special, or excuse me, a, a special team star last year. Texas has five going to the Combine in Indianapolis this year. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Texas basketball, an important two-game stretch upcoming. Then we'll rag a little bit on the Super Bowl. Uh, two Texas high school football quarterbacks who Justin got to see live in high school. I got to see live in college. Uh, Squaring off on the biggest stage, uh, Justin, before we get into the Patrick Mahomes half hour for you, um, you know, thoughts on the combine? Uh, you know, we always kind of talk a little bit about the lull in recruiting. Uh, and over the past few years, it's always been about, you know, Texas not having a ton of draft picks and that rearing its ugly head in the May, June and July months. That's not going to be the case this year with these five going to the combine that pretends very well. Of course, it's a big pool of talent, but that pretends well for them probably getting picked up in the draft. It is nice to see a, a host of horns that are going to be in Indianapolis. They get to get go through the testing. Uh, you, you know, it's to me, it's going to be fun, not just because from a recruiting standpoint, it's it's definitely going to help Texas, you know, to get, you know, maybe possibly five guys drafted. Even there's potentially even a handful more that could be selected. Uh, and so I think that I think you're right. I, I think that does benefit them from a recruiting standpoint. But me personally, I, I like the fact I, I want to see how these guys test, to be totally honest with you, Joe. I want to see how they test. I want to see how they interview. I kind of want to see what these guys, what they're made of, you know, for, for when, it, when it comes to, to, to getting prepared for the next level. And so it's fun. You, you know, we, we you know, we're at the stage where each draft class. You know, we've covered in recruiting, you know, and so I can remember meeting Rashawn Johnson as a sophomore at Port H's Groves being kind of a skinny little quarterback and believe it or not. And so to me, it's a lot of that, you know, a DeMarvion Overshone, I met him his sophomore year and, and playing basketball. And, and you just you're seeing the maturation of these kids. And it really is kind of special. It, there's some fulfillment there uh, because you, you, you watch the growth. And to me, you know, for Texas fans, that they're going to see a handful of kids get drafted in April. For guys like us, we're watching these kids grow into men. And I, I, I think it's one of the coolest things a part of our job is that for some of these guys that we actually know really well, uh, to see that growth and see their family glow up and, and all those things, it's, it's really rewarding. Yeah, I, I almost want to separate them into the position categories, but I think each of these guys deserves a little bit of attention. And uh, we'll obviously start off the top with with Bijan Robinson. Um, often you don't hear running backs get first round grades. Uh, it's just not a position that teams are willing to spend 
that high of a draft pick on when you can get a great quarterback, a great edge rusher, a great left tackle, an awesome wide receiver. You can get a first-round talent wide receiver still in the second round with how good that position has been in the past few years. Bijan Robinson is a first-round running back, and that's why you're seeing a lot of different, you know, it seems like mock drafts have kind of been all over the place with, you know, could he be a top 10 pick? Is he going to slide in at number 32? Will he be in the 20s? But he's such a unique talent, not just running the football, but also catching the football out of the backfield that it's kind of breaking the equation for a lot of different teams and saying, you know what, this guy, he looks different and he is different. And that may have to make our our draft uh, strategy a little bit different as well to where if we have a need, we can get this guy, keep him on a rookie contract and use his tremendous God-given abilities uh, in order to you know, make sure that we are maximizing our offense. But when it comes to the combine, you know, his film's not going to have very many questions. When it comes to the combine, though, um, his off the field's not going to have any questions either, and that's a big part of it. But what about the combine testing do you think that teams will really be focusing on when it comes to scouting Bijan Robinson? Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You know, Joe, to be totally honest, and I, and I understand the importance of testing, especially uh, in, the, in those early rounds. I don't think Bijan's testing is going to be that big a deal, to be totally honest with you. I think, like you said, the 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 work in the tape is going to sell itself. The interview process is going to sell itself. Bijan Robinson's the type of kid that if you're an NFL franchise and you have the mentality that I don't draft running backs in the first round, and there are a lot of franchises in the league that think like that. Bijan's going to make you talk yourself into him. He is going to be the guy that a couple weeks before the draft, you start looking and start getting star-eyed and you start figuring out this guy can play immediately. This guy can be an immediate impact guy at running back. And you're going to have about four or five teams in the first round that start to think, okay, we can do this. They're going to talk themselves into Bijan Robinson in the first round. There's no question he's going to go in the first just where, like you said, it's it's been a myriad of different spots from top five to, to, to number 32. I think he's somewhere in the middle. I think he'll be somewhere from 15 to 20. I think some team's going to probably trade up to get him because, like I said, there's going to be a few franchises that when they leave Indianapolis, they're going to be in love with this kid. And there's a handful of others on this that we're going to talk about. Bijan's the one, though, that if if you're a, if you've got that old school kind of mentality when it comes to recruit, well, I say old school mentality for the last ten years in recruiting running backs and, and drafting them in the first round, Bijan's going to make he's going to talk you out of it. He's going to talk you into it. This is going to be a kid that's going to go early. And so, yeah, I, I just don't see the testing being that big a deal for Bijan. Now, for the other guys, absolutely. But I think his work on tape is so good. And when they meet this kid and they see this million dollar smile, uh, it's just a matter of time. I, I just I think he's the one guy that testing's not going to be that big a deal. I really think they're going to base it off everything else. 
uh, his body of work is going to be what sells the most. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you there. Um, you know, unless he snaps off a four three or a four eight, which I don't think either are very likely. Yeah, um, I don't yeah. think it's going to really affect that much. If he snaps off a four three, man, that's something we didn't see at Texas, and four <laughs> eight, that's something we didn't see at Texas. If he snaps a four three, they're going to be even more people cussing at Tom Herman after his freshman year. Ah, man, yeah, tough to think about that. Uh, but we go to Roshan Johnson, who uh, had a really, you know, for only practicing one day, had a very good showing uh, in the Senior Bowl, and I think showed a lot of. Uh, what Texas fans, you know, really admired about him is that he gets hurt, I think breaks his hand uh, and still practices, goes through the entire day of practice on day one of the Senior Bowl, unfortunately misses the game. Uh, but that just shows, A, a lot about his character. You know, he was the unquestioned team leader for the Longhorns this past year, even as the second string back. Um, and I thought there was a very, you know, telling report uh, from NFL Network when Ian Rappaport uh, mentioned, you know, hey, Roshan's going to be out for the rest of these the Senior Bowl week. Uh, he said he's a potential day two pick. And that means a couple things to me. One, he's already a pick if you're talking about him that way, at least in Ian right. Rappaport's mind. And that guy's well-connected. He talks to a lot of different agents, coaches, players, you know, anybody involved in the NFL realm. Uh, the other thing is, even as a you know second second string back, a, a, a second running back, he's someone who plays with such intent and intensity um, in multiple phases, whether it be offense or special teams, that teams could see him being worth a, a day two, so a second or third round pick, and playing him at running back or putting him on the roster somewhere, just being valuable enough to get that level of contract and see that work ethic to put that on the 53-man roster, I thought just, you know, that tweet from Rappaport was so telling. And that's the thing with Rashawn. We, he's kind of the best-kept secret in the, in the, in the, in the Texas catalog uh, of categories for this year's draft. He, he's a guy that, you know, he actually has some decent numbers. He's probably got the best numbers for being a backup in Texas history. Um, and, and, and the thing about Rashawn, like you said, he's going to he's going to he's going to do really well in the interview process. I think the testing is going to be key for Rashawn. I think he's going to have to run some solid stuff. I think the 40 is going to have to be good. His shuttle might be the biggest factor. I think if he can show the cut and the start and the stop, they know the body of work. They know the work ethic. They know what he'll bring to a franchise. If you own a billion dollar NFL team. He's the type of kid that you make a million dollar investment in. And that's what a lot of these guys are evaluating these kids on, on a day-to-day -day basis. He, he's a guy you make that investment on. You know, it's funny because everyone talks about Bijan, but Rashawn, it, it's, it's, it, he's going to probably, you know, like you said, he might be a day two pick. This might be a guy that goes in the third or fourth round. I don't think he slips past the fifth, but he's one, he's another one that teams are going to take a chance on simply because He's got great tape. He's going to test pretty well, but he's just a fit. He's a culture fit in a, in a league, in a time that you need those guys to build rosters. You need those guys to – the rookies have to play so much sooner now, Joe, because like you had mentioned about a rookie contract, sometimes a team's future is dictated off a rookie contract. We're seeing the Cincinnati Bengals are about to get basically pulled apart 
because all those players are going to start are going into their start looking at their second year their second contracts with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and, and all those guys. And so Rashawn's going to be able to add an element of immediate, you know, be able to impact the, a team pretty early, but also, you know, add the fact that he can be on a rookie contract for three or four years. And that to me is valuable at the running back position, especially. And so I, I'm excited for Rashawn. That's a guy that you and I've seen for years. And, and, and I, I don't know how well he tests. I think he'll do pretty good, but the interviews, Oh, he's going, he's going to Sam Ellinger, the interviews. Okay. Like they're going to walk out and there will be zero doubt of where his mind is at in late April. I think a couple things with regard, I think you're spot on with, with interviews and uh, assessing him off the fields, things like that. I think a couple things just as it pertains to both running backs, um, the top end speed, it, or at least the time, it, it can be, I don't want to say overlooked, but I think it's values gone down. What they're going to look at is the 10 yard split. And also just using data that Texas has available from its own analytics seeing what those miles per hour numbers miles are. Hour. And we yeah. both know that Rashawn Johnson and B. John Robinson have really great marks there. So Ooh, yeah. uh, I'm wondering what, you know, the top speed he may get to because the, the 40 and top speed don't always pair um, exactly. Uh, so I'm really curious about that. But, I mean, Roshan's going to do really well in, in the strength aspect. Uh, he should do well in, in, you know, in the 40 still and, He's going to knock every interview he has out. Uh, moving on, we'll go to the defensive linemen. Uh, Texas had uh, Mora Ojimo and Keandre Coburn invited to the combine. Both were second-team All-Big 12 picks. Both were fifth-year seniors. Uh, both were starters, but I think they also really reap the benefit of being able to rotate pretty heavily with Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, uh, Alfred Collins, you know, anybody else who – Vernon Broughton, anybody else who cracked that rotation, yeah. they were fresh and they made a lot of big plays. Um, and, you know, even someone like Moro Jomo, who may have not have had a ton of highlight plays, he made a ton of non-highlight plays this year. If you look at some of the grading systems and uh, just kind of focus in on number 98 on a game-by-game -game basis, you'll see him doing a lot of different things. I think what's going to benefit both these guys at the combine is they're just going to show off their strength. And that's pretty true of most interior defensive linemen. But for Keandre Coburn, he's going to show off a, a great amount of strength and burst also at his, you know, probably around 330 pound mark. I think that's where he'll show up to the combine, maybe even a little lower than that. Uh, Ojima will probably be right at like 285 at the combine. And he's going to have some strength and explosiveness that I think a lot of teams are really going to like. Again, with both these guys, huge football characters. Moro Ojimo is, you know, he he showed up to Texas knowing this was the goal. Um, of course, he wanted to win championships. Of course, he wanted to uh, get wins. And, of course, you know, these guys never say it. They're all about the team. But, hey, individual accolades are pretty fun. But he showed up to Texas wanting to get to this point, to get to that con that first contract that second contract, and now uh, he's going to have his his interview, so to speak, he and Coburn, uh, for for their opportunities. And um, I think this case, and it, these two guys are a lot different than the other two or other three invited to the Combine because Bijan Robinson, I mean, he probably could have gone to the Combine after his freshman year. 
Roshan Johnson has the physical tools, the the, the mental ability, the, the character, all that stuff to where he's a fit for any NFL franchise. We'll right. get to DeMar being overshown, but he is such an athletic ability and versatility in the modern game to where, you know, he's going, he was going to be a guy who, even when he was playing in 2018, you thought as long as he stayed pretty healthy, he was on his way to the league. I don't think you could say the same for both these guys last year. I don't think both these guys would have gotten invited to the combine. I know for sure they would have been on the undrafted free agent uh, market that a lot of teams like to get Texas players from. But I don't think last year Ojemo and Coburn are getting invited to the combine. Here we are a year later, thanks to work with Bo Davis, thanks to that rotation that helped them stay fresh, thanks to Pete Kwiatkowski. Um, and they have an invite and probably some really good opportunities to get drafted. So the thing with, with, with Keandre and, 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 and Morrow, at, at least to me, the most interesting is going to be who goes first. Both of them definitely add a different skill set, and they're also kind of similar. Um, you know, Coburn's obviously kind of more of your, your bigger three-tech. He's a guy that, that's going to be able to, to occupy blocks. He's going to be your guy that's going to be able to, to, to hopefully collapse the pocket. And Coburn's going to bring a personality that's just really easy to get along with. Coburn has, has never met a stranger. Um, he, he's been a funny dude since his recruitment. If you remember, I believe it was um, when the hurricane came to Houston, he actually, his neighborhood uh, was underwater. And he wound up doing an interview. Somebody went in a boat and pulled him, him and his family out of their house. And, they went, and he went on ESPN that morning and actually did an interview. And, and so, uh, you know, Coburn, is, it's going to be fun to see him. I want to tell a real quick story. Uh, Keandre Coburn was in a group text with all the signees for that class. I believe it was class of 2018. And they all talked to each other, and they were all very close. That was a top five class. Well, towards the end of the cycle, Keandre decided to do a prank on the other uh, commits. And he said, look, guys, I love all of you. Thanks for everything, but I'm flipping to Miami. Just letting you guys know ahead of time. And most of the guys in that group text lost their mind. They were cussing at him. They were coming at him hard. They were upset. They were mad. And at the end of the day, Joseph Osai was very profound in his reply. And he said, you know, big man, we love you. We wish you nothing but the best. Go, go, go be great at Miami. But just understand this. Now you're on the other side and I'm going to try to kill you. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And Coburn was like, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm, I'm just kidding. And that's the kind of dude Keandre Coburn is. And that's a guy that you want in your locker room. And so when you're a franchise and you're going through these guys in the mid rounds and you're looking to separate and, and Coburn's a guy you want in your on your, fran- in your franchise because he's going to bring that. Morrow comes from an incredible family. His dad's a preacher, very educated. Morrow came into into Texas. I believe he was seventeen when he came to Texas. His recruitment was a blast. Um, you know, Morrow's one we've seen grow over the years. 
as as well and highly intelligent, really smart kid. I think he's going to destroy the interview process as well. He's got a really great backstory, and I think that'll do well. Uh, his size, I think he's going to need a little bit, a bit, little bit bigger, Joe. I think Morrow's going to have to add a little bit to get in there. Coburn's really just needs to get streamlined, whereas Morrow needs to add just a little bit more bulk. But two guys that gave everything they had, they played really well, complimentary ball beside each other, and both now are, are going to reap the rewards of playing professional football. Finally, we go into uh, DeMarvian Overshone, who, um, you know, started his career as a safety, eventually moved down to linebacker, spent the last three years there. Um, and I think he really put it together uh, this past season, uh, second on the team in tackles behind Jalen Ford. Like any player, he's got his strengths and weaknesses. But um, we saw this year that even the addition of Diamante Tucker Dorsey sometimes allowed DeMarvion to move around and move to the edge and kind of have a very, you know, uh, a, a simple assignment sometimes. He's able to process, he's able to read, but when he's able to just use his athletic ability to go in one direction, that's when he's at his best. Um, I think I think when people uh, were first excited about his move to linebacker, the thought of Isaiah Simmons jumped into their head. Naturally. He's, he's not that. No. I think that speaks more to Simmons than it does about Overshone. Uh, but he does provide a level of versatility at, you know, six foot four, 225, 230 pounds around there uh, that a lot of teams are going to be really after and maybe use a little bit more now that this is becoming a league that understands, hey, you know, maybe you just kind of keep it too high and work some guys into the box who maybe aren't used to the box as, as much as, you know, previous years linebackers, but who are in pass coverage a little bit more. And I think DeMarvion could do that. Um, he'll test great at the combine. Um, he'll have to answer a few questions at the combine, uh, but he'll be able to do that. He's got a really engaging personality, a really great story. And um, he's someone that I really think that a team will at least see a spot on special teams for. Um, if if uh, Brendan Schooler is drawing special teams and getting all rookie opportunities, Jamarvian Overshone did that at Texas, can do that in the NFL. Uh, but I, I'm curious to see, you know, how he'll test and what teams want to think of him at the combine. You know, it's funny. I, I, I I'm not going to change my stance. Overshone played well at linebacker at Texas, and I think that's where he should have been at the time. But that kid should have never moved from safety. At his size and his ability to change directions and turn his hips and his anticipation. He could have been a 6'3", 215-pound missile in the NFL at safety, a Cam Chancellor-type guy. Um, and I, I'm curious to see how he develops in the NFL, Joe. I'm with you. Like, I, I think the league's going to see him as an intriguing guy because of his uber-athleticism. I think there's going to be a few things – you know, the fact that he didn't play linebacker there, you know, until, you know, I guess, well, it was earlier in his career, but there's some health issues. I think that, that they're going to look at They're going to, you know, he played a, a first full season healthy last year at Texas. Last spring was the first time he was ever healthy at Texas in the spring. I think those things are going to come into, into play. Um, he'll, like you said, he'll interview well, cause he's a very engaging guy. Um, you know, DeMarvion is, is from, you know, my, my area, my hometown, and the funniest thing about DeMarvion is that every time he, he, he sees my son, 
they argue about who's the greatest basketball player of all time. Uh, obviously, DeMarvion's a big LeBron James fan, and my son is a Michael Jordan fan. And so it's it, it, that's who DeMarvion is. He remembers that my son likes Jordan and that they, they talk about that. DeMarvion is a guy you want in your program. He's a guy you want in your franchise because he is a very endearing kid. He, he, he might, he might look, you know, like agent zero, but really on the inside, he's a very sweet, sensitive kid. And, and who's got a lot ahead of him. He's, he's battled a lot of adversity. Uh, he's got a great family, wonderful mother, you know, just outstanding family. And he's going to be, that's the thing about the Joe. Now that we talk about these guys more and more out loud, these are natural fits in locker rooms. This is going to be a good thing for Texas football, I think, in the NFL moving forward because they're going to bring in five. And you like there, there could be a few other guys drafted. I think Anthony Cook could, could see his name drafted on the last day. So you're going to see guys come into these franchises that are bringing a lot of positive attributes. And right now when the NFL is at the highest, they are doing the most background check, the most you know, hyper evaluations on so many facets. DeMarvion Overshone is going to look really good when the dust settles. I think so, too. I'm glad you mentioned Anthony Cook, uh, Deshaun Jameson, uh, two guys who probably, you know, were worthy of consideration, but there's only so many spots I can send out. They'll have a big time at Texas Pro Day, which I think should be just after uh, in that early March window um, at the bubble. Uh, so, and that's always been a track that does pretty well for, for Longhorns and uh, you know, it's their home turf. So that'll be important. Trying to think if there's anybody else from, from that group. Um, not to my knowledge, I can't really think of anybody. Man, Maybe Daniel Trejo tries to get some punting in, uh, but yeah. that's, that's about all I can think of as far as that. Hey, if, Tra- if Danny Trejo can't make it in the league though, he has to go into acting. Yeah. It, it, it just seems like a natural transition. Like you could have the older Danny and like if Dan, the older Danny's in a, in a film. Yeah, Danny and then you'll have Daniel. Right, the younger one. Back, this was Danny back before Desperado. You know, this is I Danny before the voiceovers for King of the Hill. You know, this is, you know, the, the before, you know how The Rock has a TV show and it's like the younger version of him. It's the, Danny Trejo, I'm telling you, call me. There, there might be something here. Oh, man. So uh, moving on to a different sport. We'll go real quickly through this because we want to get a little Super Bowl right. talk in. Yeah. Texas has two big matchups this week. Uh, one Saturday, I think at 11 a.m. versus West Virginia. Uh, the other, another big Monday, I think third straight big Monday appearance in Lubbock versus Texas Tech. Tech has 10 losses in conference. But we'll get to them in a second because we know that that's always going to be a tough environment for Texas to play in. Uh, Chris Beard there, Chris Beard not there. Um, I'll just put you on the spot. Do you think they go 2-0 and 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 get themselves into a better spot for a, a regular season Big 12 title, or do you think they end up splitting it, or what do you see? You know, every game is big in this conference, I feel like. Even when you think it's a, a little less of an intense environment, it really isn't. West Virginia is still solid. Texas Tech still has ball players. Um, actually, I think they're going to go 2-0 in this stretch. I thought they matched up really well the last time they played West Virginia. And I think Tech, I think there's some over overhang and overlap from last year. 
that there's still kind of a bad taste in, in the Longhorns' mouth when they played the Red Raiders a few times. And so I think they're going to bring that into that atmosphere. And like you said, you know, Tech is in a really uh, – I'll say it. They're in a really bad place with their program right now. Uh, it, there's a lot of stuff with Mark Adams that's just kind of in flux with their players. And and so I, I think if there's one team that's you want to get when they're down, I, I'd say it's Tech. And so, yeah, it's a Monday program. I remember, I remember the former coach at Texas saying that it's a Monday program, Monday night, and and, and he's 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 that's becoming true. Um, yeah, but West Virginia is going to be they're they're always tough. You know, the the fighting Huggy Bears always always give you give you everything, and then Tech is going to be like you said, the crowd, the atmosphere might be actually tougher than the game for for, for Texas in that regard. But you can't overlook it, not in this conference, and not twice a week that's it, it it's a absolute gauntlet i keep saying that but each game feels like the intensity of a, of a tournament game and that's just because the, the level of talent and the level of play is really high in the big 12 this year yeah go ahead and check out inside texas myself jerry hamilton and tim preston we had a big basketball round table we posted the other day uh we all think they get at least a share of the big 12 title whether that's with 12 13 wins who knows uh, but seven games left, West Virginia and Texas Tech on deck. I think that they will get uh, those two wins as needed as well. Super Bowl time or big game time. I don't know if we're allowed to talk about it. We're not sponsoring anything. This isn't sponsored. We can talk about the Super Bowl. I checked in with the radio people to make sure uh, that was the case. We got Philly. We got Texas Tech. <laughs> Excuse me. A little slip there. We got Philly. We got Kansas, Kansas City. Man, I'm about to Big 12 this whole thing. Philly and Kansas City, <laughs> Pat Mahomes versus Jalen Hurts, two guys who played their high school football in Texas, uh, Pat Mahomes at White House and Jalen Hurts at Channel View out of the Houston area. Um, of course, Hurts, very interesting uh, start to his career. I think he was a, the 2016 class was the one he was he in. He was with Shane Bouchelle. And Bama wanted him, and he went to Bama. Uh, I think Texas A&M under that may have been either someone. the very end. That was the very end of someone. I think his last recruiting class. Texas A&M tried to go after him, but Lane Kiffin and Nick Saban signed him. Started him his freshman year. Uh, you know that 20, 2017, no twenty sixteen season. Uh, started him his freshman year. Had a lot of success. Of course, we know Tua. Uh, eventually took over, and uh, Hertz transfers to Alabama, succeeds Kyler Murray, almost wins a third straight Heisman for the uh, for the Sooners at quarterback, uh, has a really strong year. I think, was that a playoff team? I can't yes. quite remember. Was a playoff team. Um, Jalen Hurts wasn't a perfect quarterback in college, but Lincoln Riley figured out what he needed to do to make that system work, added power read to that uh, – air raid offense they put up a bunch of numbers and now i think uh sirianni in philly um has done a very similar thing um now it's your turn i'll let you go on about pat mahomes because i know that if there was ever a book to be written about patrick mahomes that from white house to texas tech to <laughs> kansas city you know the whole story backwards and forwards and um, I was lucky enough to see these guys play in college. You saw them both in high school. I actually got to see them both in college as well. Uh, if you'll remember, I was in Lubbock when Quandre Diggs 
disassembled Mahomes. And poor Patrick got up and didn't know where he was at that moment. And it was it was pretty sudden. No, but, but you know what's funny? The first thought in the Super Bowl is a battle of three-star quarterbacks. These guys were not highly rated quarterbacks. And that's crazy to think seeing what they did in college and now seeing what they're doing in the NFL. And to, to, to just, you know, a little sidebar, a three-star in high school is a projected all-conference player in college with the potential to go in the NFL. So it's not a knock. But in the day of age where we see so many five stars going the first pick, second pick, early and all that, these two guys weren't those. They're kind of the the, 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 the go-against, so to speak. Um, Jalen Hurts, I remember watching him in the Elite 11 regionals, and he just did not look good, Joe. He was a good athlete. He tried hard. He, he was a hustler. He had a great attitude, but the ball just didn't look good. That was a guy that had to really put in work. Both of these guys have something in common. They've both worked a lot with APEC trainer and owner Bobby Stroop. And so he's been able to de- help develop these guys. And, and, I, and I'll tell you, uh, knowing Bobby for a long time, a few years ago, I, I, I thought Jalen Hurts would never make it in the NFL. I, I didn't think he could re- make more than one read. Uh, now, some of that was influenced from Ian Boyd, CC Flower Football. Be sure and check it out. But the thing is, they've developed, and Jalen worked so hard on his craft, not to mention just being the ultimate team guy, losing a starting spot, but but being the best teammate for Tua he could be. And when Saban told him, look, you've got a chance to go somewhere else and play. Why don't you take this semester, this season where Tua's a starter, to, to work on your passing, to make that your goal? Because he wanted to graduate from Alabama, and that's exactly what Jalen did. If you're looking, you know, for a, for a, a role model for a younger athlete, Jalen Hurts' book needs to be written in red because he's a guy that didn't have a lot of hoopla, didn't have a lot of attention, and turned himself into one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think he's also in a great system. You mentioned Sirianni. I think that they have just, they know you had to put some guys around him, and when they added AJ Brown. That, to me, was the biggest thing. When they drafted Devontae Smith, that, to me, showed, okay, they're they're making a move towards doing that. With Patrick, oh, man, it it, it was so obvious that he was different than everybody else. It was so obvious. And then when he gets to college, I I don't know if we expected him to do the – put up the numbers he did, but it just was so easy for him. It was like a being on a playground. If Patrick Mahomes would have gone to a bigger program, he plays for a national championship. He plays in a conference title. If you put him at an LSU, if you put him potentially in a Georgia or maybe even a Florida, when they, you know a few years back when they had, they were a little bit better, I think you see that. But he really connected with Cliff Kingsbury. He didn't have a lot of offers coming out of high school. Once he connected with Tech, he kind of shut everything else down because he just wanted to focus on on being the best quarterback he could be. It's going. This is his second Super Bowl or third. He's going to his third now. He's got one win. He's got one loss. The last time we saw him in the Super Bowl, he was playing behind uh, nothing but uh, Brookshire's grocery bag guys, uh, and and the Buccaneers humbled him in many many ways. Probably just one of the best performances. Probably. Probably one of the best performances I've ever seen from him, considering them, the circumstance of, of Tampa Bay just teeing off on him. Um, 
but yeah, I've, 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 I've said enough. I could go on. It's really cool that two high school quarterbacks from Texas are, are starting in the Super Bowl. It's really cool that they both played in the Big 12 and that we both got to see them for years and years. They both have different stories. They both have different climbs to the top. Mahomes is regarded as possibly the best player in the NFL. He's got the most incredible contract in, 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 the, in the league's history, and it's all worth it. Patrick is so good off the field. Everything you see good. Like, Patrick does so many things for charities that don't go reported. Patrick really doesn't like that stuff being being known. He has a foundation called 15 in the Mahomes. And they, they do so many things, Joe, that people, people always worry about, well, what's he doing on the field and off the field? He's doing nothing but helping people. And that, that makes me prideful because he's a beast Texas kid through and through. Um, it's going to be fun. This house is a Patrick Mahomes house when the Dallas Cowboys aren't playing. Uh, my son has made that, that very clear. He's a big fan of Patrick. I still think the Eagles are a better team, though. And I know Matthew's probably getting somewhat aroused by listening to this. <laughs> and, and, and that's notable. But I got to tell you, I think it's been Philadelphia kind of the whole season. I felt like they've kind of just been a little bit better than everybody else through the year, as much as it burns my damn throat to say that, even though my boys did get them in one game. Um I got Philadelphia. I just think top to bottom, they're the better team. I think Kansas City's actually a more balanced team since getting rid of Tyreek Hill. It's changed the, their, their dynamic, and I think they're more balanced and actually a little more dangerous. I think it's going to be a great game. And when it comes down to it, as long as if the Cowboys and the Texans aren't playing in it, I don't care who wins. I just want to see a good game, and I think that's what we're going to see from two Texas high school football quarterbacks on Sunday. I'm with you. Yeah, these are, these are two just awesome role models, uh, two great people. Um, lucky enough to see them play, um, and so uh, I'm and I'm kind of with you on the Eagles as well. I think that that defensive line is going to make life for Mahomes tough, and uh, the best offensive line in the NFL. Right, they, they did everything Jalen Hurts needed. They put everything around him. That's what you do to run a franchise. Right. So uh, awesome people should be a great game. Top two teams in in each respective conference come together uh, in the Super Bowl game. So. Should be a lot of fun. I'm excited to see it, and uh, I was excited to see those guys square off. Uh, maybe they never score off against each other, but I saw them play, and it was you could always tell that they were special players. But uh, Joe, you know, is this the first Super Bowl in years that doesn't have a Longhorn? I think so. And I mean, if you want, you can't really claim Shane Bouchelle. You can. You can. Oh no 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 no! You can. You can. Okay, right. the streak is extended. You can count Shane Bouchelle, by God. We can. We can. I don't know if the program will, but, hey, listen, but we Shane, will. What Shane Bouchelle did for Texas will never be fully appreciated. And I'm not just talking about bringing in a hope in 2016 as a true freshman starting in a brand-new offensive system. He gave Texas hope. He also helped Sam Ellinger come in, turn into one of the best leaders and quarterbacks in, in program history. If you ask Sam who was the most influential guy for you and helping you at Texas, his first and last answer is going to be Shane Bouchelle. Yeah, horns attached to that. And if you were to ask Shane, he'd tell you the same thing. He'd, he'd throw up a hook him. Great stuff. 
Thanks again for watching. It's been another edition of On Texas Football. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to our channel. We got great stuff coming here every day in the off season. It's only going to get better and even more football filled as spring football starts up. Uh, make sure you check out Inside Texas. Once again, you can get access until August 31st for just $29.99. No better time to do it than right now, especially with all the different recruiting and football storylines upcoming. We got an NCAA tournament run to cover. We got a real intriguing baseball season and so much more on Inside Texas. Thank you to Matthew Hutchinson, our producer, who is going to have quite the Sunday rooting for his Eagles. Justin, thank you as always. And for Inside Texas and On Texas Football, I'm Joe Cook. We'll see you next week. Thank you for watching. For more videos on Texas football, recruiting, and other sports, make sure you click the like button and subscribe to the channel to get the very latest updates. Uh, thank you for watching again and hook them.